the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. Have you ever asked yourself the question, who is Jesus or what does it mean to be saved? How about questions like, what is eternity? Or is there a real God and where is he when I'm really suffering? These are just some of the topics we explore every day on this program. In these challenging times, we believe that God's word is the source to all our answers. So if you can, get out your Bibles and let's join Pastor Dudley right now with his message for us today. Today, we are living in one of the most trying seasons of our entire lifetime. There is so much division and strife. There is turmoil from the racial injustices and other factors in our country. There is a lack of civility and courtesy. It seems like everyone is yelling and that no one is listening. We have the global pandemic, COVID-19. The economy seems to be Uh, teetering, and many people have lost their jobs. We have the political polarization. We have a culture. We live in a culture that calls good evil, and we call evil good. And I believe that we were created, that God created us to live in community with one another. And today, it seems as though we're living in fear and isolation. I personally, and I'm just speaking for myself, I have never felt as discouraged and as defeated and as worn out as I feel right now by the news and by the media and by the vitriol on social media. But it's in times like these that we're living in right now this moment. You need to know and understand God more than you ever have before. God, as we begin this series, is a way maker. And what you need to always remember about God, and I want you to write this down in your notes if you're taking notes, that God will always make a way when it seems as though there is no way. God will always make a way even though it seems there is no way. You go back and read your Bible, it seems like it is story after story of how God makes a way when it appears as though there is no way. For example, Israel, God's people, the nation of Israel, were in bondage. They were slaves in Egypt for 400 years. You can read about that in the first 12 chapters of the book of Exodus. They are in bondage for 400 years. It appears as though they'll never escape Egypt. And yet God raises up a man by the name of Moses to deliver them, and they are set free. God providing a way when it seems as though there is no way. As they leave, as they flee Egypt, they come to a point where their backs are up against the Red Sea. They come to a river that they just cannot cross. Pharaoh has changed his mind. His army is fast approaching, 
And, and as they're there with their backs up against the Red Sea, it appears that there is no way, there is no way to escape, but God parts the Red Sea, you know the story, and Israel walked across on dry ground. That is the God we serve. He makes a way when there is no way. You read about Daniel and his life in Daniel chapter 6. Daniel was thrown into a den of, of hungry lions, not for three or four minutes. He was thrown in that dungeon. He was there, the Bible says, all night long. There was no way he was escaping. There was no way he was going to survive until God showed up. And when God showed up, he made a way when there was no way. That's, that's the God we serve. I go to Paul and Silas. They were locked in a jail cell in Acts chapter 16. God caused an earthquake at the midnight hour and opened those doors. That's the God we serve. The disciples were in a boat in the middle of the storm in Mark chapter 4. The boat is about to sink. And Jesus says, peace be still. And that raging storm is calmed. That's the God we serve. Over in Luke chapter 9, there are 5,000 people who were all hungry. They, they were without food. They had nothing to eat. Yet Jesus takes the few loaves of bread from a little child and he multiplies the bread. And the Bible says that Jesus fill, uh, he, he feeds all 5,000 with basketfuls left over. That's the God we serve. He's a way maker. He's a miracle worker. He's a promise keeper. He's a light in the dark world. That is who you are, oh God. Can you say amen? I want to read to you Isaiah chapter 43 in the New Living Translation. Look at these words on your screen. The Bible says, for I, God, am about to do something new. Oh, don't you need God to do something new in your life? He said, see, I've already begun. Do you not see it? And then he said these words, I, God, will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. You may ask, well, how does God do this? How can God make a way when it seems as though there is no way? Well, that's an easy answer for, for me, and that is Genesis 1-1 that says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's the very first verse in the entire Bible. I, I want you to write this down in your notes. We know that the God we serve, Elohim, Elohim, the God we serve, is the creator, and that's the Hebrew word barah. The God we serve, Elohim, is the barah. He's the creator of the entire universe. Now, that word barah, the, the creator God, the word for creator is a word that means that God is able to create out of absolute nothing. He's the only entity that can make that claim. Scientists like to suggest to us that the universe began with a big bang. That's the only way they can explain it. They, they don't believe in a creator God of the universe. And so they have to figure out a way to explain how we got here. So they just, scientists like to say, well, we all got here. There was just a big bang in the universe. But what scientists can't explain to you is what caused that big bang. Where did all those gases came, come from that caused that great explosion? The Bible, of course, teaches that the universe came from Elohim. 
that he bara, that he created uh, all of, of the, the universe as we know it. If I were to say to you, just as a sake of an example here, if I was to say to you, I, I made a cake out of scratch, which means I, I just made a, a cake, it's not that I made a cake out of nothing. I had to start with some eggs. I had to start with some flour, uh, hopefully a lot of sugar, maybe a little vanilla. You, you, don't, you don't bake a, a cake out of nothing. You have to start with some ingredients. If, if you said to me, I, I made these bookshelves uh, out of scratch, you didn't really make them out of scratch. You, 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 cre- you didn't create something out of nothing. You had to have some wood. You had to have some nails. You had to have a saw. You probably had a hammer. And you, you took those things and you made some bookshelves. Inventors and scientists can make many things, but they can't make things out of absolute nothing. They can't speak things into existence. Wouldn't that be great if you could just speak things into existence where you could go out to your garage and look at that old clunker of a car that you have and you could just speak words and say, let there be a Mercedes and that car just turn into a Mercedes? Wouldn't you like to have that ability? Wouldn't you like to look at your report card and it's full of B's and C's and maybe a D or an F in there and you say, let there be straight A's and it just miraculously turns to straight A's? You don't have that ability, neither do I. Scientists can combine things, genetically cross-breed things. Scientists can even clone things, but scientists cannot create things out of nothing. Only God can do that. He is the creator God of the universe. And if God can create something out of nothing... Imagine what he can do in your life, in you, through you, and for you. I think during this global pandemic and in the normal storms and stresses of life, that you and I, we tend to forget how big and how great and how powerful, how awesome is the God of all creation. The Bible says in Colossians 1.16, For by him all things were created, things in heaven and things on earth visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. And verse 17 says, he is before all things, and in him all things are held together. Listen, he's better than duct tape. He's better than gorilla glue. He's better than some vice grip pliers. Those things all eventually fell. But God never fails. He is before all things, and in him all things are held together. There's a Disney movie from way back with actor Rick Moranis. He had this machine that he could shrink things, and he, in the movie, he accidentally shrunk the kids. And many of you have seen that movie. I've often wondered, man, I wish I had a machine that could shrink things. I'd like to shrink this stomach a little bit. Amen, amen. I'd like to shrink the mortgage just a little bit. And who knows, I might even want to shrink the kids if I had that opportunity. But from the very beginning of time, you and I as human beings, we've always tried to shrink God down to our size. We like to shrink God down to a little figurine that you can place on your fire mantle over there. 
We like to condense God down into a little box called a church building. Why, we like to condense God down to somebody that we don't have to bow down to. But I want you to know that our God is a mighty God. He is the creator of the heavens and the earth. He holds the entire universe in just the palm of his hands. He names the stars one by one. He was the one that knit you together when you were inside your mother's womb. He spoke and created the entire world. He's omnipotent. He's omniscient. He's omnipresent. And all things are possible with him and through him and by him. Oh, he's a way maker. He makes a way when there is no way. Currently, we've all been sheltered at home. And for many people, especially me, I cannot figure out why they allow casinos to be opened and the abortion clinics are open and the marijuana shops are open and Walmart is open and yet the church is forced to close. I thought about this. I really did. I thought about just renaming our church and you say, what are you going to call it? I'm going I'm to actually put this out on the, on the front of the church. I just want to say, I want to I change the name to Walmart Shepherd. That's going to be the name of our church, Walmart Shepherd. That way we can open the doors and people can just come in at will. For a fleeting moment, I have thought, and maybe you've thought, how are we going to get through this difficult season without meeting as a church? After all, I've been in church my entire life. And then it dawned on me that our present situation with COVID-19, I want you to write this down, number three, being sheltered at home would not have stopped the New Testament church. It would not have stopped the New Testament church. Being sheltered at home has not stopped the underground church in China. Being sheltered at home has not stopped believers in Muslim countries who are being forced to meet in secret for fear of persecution. The New Testament church, as you read through the book of Acts, is basically a book of God moving mightily inside of people's houses, not church buildings. They, they didn't exist, not synagogues or temples. But God moved, as you go through the book of Acts, you see how God moved inside of people's houses. I would suggest to you that this four-month quarantine is a great time for you to rethink your version of biblical Christianity. If you stop praying and put your prayer life on hold until the church starts meeting again, I'm not sure your faith is legit. If you have stopped reading your Bible, if you have stopped giving, if you have stopped worshiping, if you have stopped witnessing, then you need to check and rethink what the New Testament church is really about. Because the New Testament church, as I read my Bible, it actually started, it started in a house and it flourished in a house. I want you to write these things down. It was in a house on the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, where the church was first birthed. You see that the Bible teaches us that the church began in, in what's called an upper room, in a house. 
And, you know, you have a house, you have a floor, and apparently 2,000 years ago when the church began, there was a group of people uh, who got together and they, they, they went upstairs in what's called the upper room, like a second level, and they were in that house and they were all united and they were all praying. And the Bible says in Acts chapter 2, verse 2, that the Holy Spirit of God, it fell from heaven. And the Lord poured out His Spirit as the church, as we know it, began. I actually want to read to you the verse in Acts chapter 2, verse 2. It says these words that suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven. And it says that it filled the whole house that they were sitting in. Did you know that just as easily, just as easily, that God can pour out his spirit into your living room this very moment? I mean, right now, God can pour out his spirit in the house that you're in right now, just as he did back in Acts chapter 2, verse 2. God can do any miracle in your house. God can keep any promise in your house. God can answer any prayer in your house. God can make a way right where you are in your house, just as he did on the day of Pentecost. If you turn over to Acts chapter 9, we we just read from Acts chapter 2. I want you to turn over your Bible to Acts chapter 9. We have another house story. Everybody say house story. Say say it one more time. House story. So we have the church being birthed in Acts chapter 2. Then you come to Acts chapter 9. It's an amazing story. I want to read these verses starting with verse 10. Acts 9 verse 10. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. And the Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias, yes, Lord, he answered. And verse 11 says, the Lord told him, Ananias, I want you to go to a house. Everybody say the word house. That's right. He said to Ananias in a vision, verse 11, I want you to go to this house. It's the house of Judas. It's over there on straight street. Everybody say straight street. Say it one more time. Straight street. He said, I want you to go over to the house of Judas on a street called straight and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. For he, Saul, is praying. Now, where is Saul praying? Well, he's over at the house of Judas on uh, straight street. That's where he is. And where is God sending Ananias? Well, he's sending Ananias over there to the house of Judas on straight street. In verse 12, God told Ananias in a vision, he, Saul of Tarsus, in a house over there on straight street, he has seen a man named Ananias, that's you, come and place his hands upon him, Saul of Tarsus, in a house called on straight street, He's had this vision of a man coming over to the house where he is currently residing and putting his hands on him and restoring his sight. I want you to think about this. This is Saul of Tarsus who becomes Paul, the greatest apostle the world has ever known, who ends up writing half of the New Testament, 
And God told Ananias, I want you to go to a particular street and go to a particular house, and I want you to lay hands on a particular man, because this man, according to verse 15, has been, my, has been called to be my chosen instrument to the whole world. I want you to write this down. In a house, write this down, your life can be redirected. Did you know that God knows your address? Do you know that God knows your zip code? Do you know that God knows what street you live on? And did you know that God can come into that home where you are this very moment and God can change your life? God can keep any promise. He can perform any miracle. He can redirect any life in your house. You don't have to be in a house on straight street in order to have your life straightened out. God can straighten out your life on any street, including the streets you live on. I want you to know that no matter how far you've gotten off track, I don't care how far you have backslid away from God, I don't care how indifferent you've been to the things of God, right now in your house where you're listening this very moment, the Spirit of God can come into that house and God can redirect your life and allow you to start all over again and give you a second chance, just as he did the Apostle Paul back there in Acts chapter 9, he can do this in your house. Can someone say amen? And if you turn the page in your Bible, you'll turn to Acts chapter 10, and we're going to see what happens in another house in Acts chapter 10. In Acts chapter 10, there was a Gentile man by the name of Cornelius. Cornelius was a godly man. He was a religious man. He was someone who loved God, but he wasn't a saved man. You can be religious and still be lost. Cornelius was a Gentile, and he lived in a house in a city called Caesarea. And while Cornelius is in a house in Caesarea, in Acts chapter 10, I want to read verse 5 and 6. He has a vision, and in this vision... God says to him, Cornelius, look at these words. This is Acts 10, verse 5. I want you to send men to Joppa. Now, Joppa is about 30 miles away. That's about the distance from Porter Ranch to Pasadena. God tells Cornelius, I know you're in your house there in in, uh, Caesarea, but I want you to go to Joppa. Go down the coast. Go 30 miles And bring back a man named Simon, who's called Peter. And verse 6 says, he's staying with Simon the Tanner, whose house is by the sea. He's got a seaside view right there in his house. And he says to Cornelius, I want you to go down the coast, go down to Joppa. I want you, there's a man in a house uh, at, at Simon the Tanner's house. It's right there by the sea. He gave him the address. He said, I want you to go get Peter and tell him to come up here to Caesarea. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. 
888-888-4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. Deep in the heart of every believer, there's a faint whisper, a call, a prompting. We go about our business and we hear it. We see and interact with lost people every day. And the whisper echoes again for us to share our faith and tell others about Jesus. And yet, we still resist. In his latest book, Compelled, Pastor Dudley Rutherford shares his earnest desire for each and every believer to be equipped with the good news of salvation. He encourages you with inspiring stories of men and women, young and old, who have accepted the irresistible call to share Jesus with everyone they meet. And he provides practical methods to overcome your fears and effectively articulate the message of salvation. Thousands of readers have already taken advantage of this incredible book, and now it's here for you. Compelled. The irresistible call to share your faith can be yours right now for a gift of $15 or more to the Lift Up Jesus ministry. It's as easy as calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. You can also get Compelled, The Irresistible Call to Share Your Faith on our website, liftupjesus.com. Our address again is liftupjesus.com. Discover for yourself the strength that awaits inside you to speak boldly to others of how Jesus Christ has changed your life forever. Don't hesitate. Call us right now and get your copy of Pastor Dudley's latest book, Compelled, The Irresistible Call to Share Your Faith, today. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us tomorrow at this same time as we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. Pastor Dudley.